0: If there's a phrase that I thought I could pronounce but didn't, oh my gosh, it would have to be of the, which I got corrected on probably 2,000 times.
1: I can't believe how hungry I got throughout this process. I felt like I was running a marathon, like there should be water stops and power bar stops every mile.
2: It's weird to be in this booth. It's weird to read your words out loud. It's weird to be so vulnerable, but I love weird.
1: Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks.
2: In this episode, meet Yale professor Jing Su, best-selling author Daniel Pink, and founder of the financial firm The Hell Yeah! Group, Paco de Leon. Whether it's finding out about lesser-known figures in Chinese history, discovering how regret can make us all better humans, or finally making finance accessible for everyone, Sharing knowledge with readers motivated each of these authors to write their books and read their audiobooks. Step behind the mic with them and learn more about their journeys. Enjoy!
0: Hi, this is Jing Su, author of Kingdom of Characters, The Language Revolution That Made China Modern. I wanted to write this book because it's a book about People that we don't remember or people that we don't normally notice. You know, not the big revolutionaries or martyrs or heroes and not the small people either, but the people in between, the what I call second and third stringers of history. If I had to use one word to describe what it's like to record my book, it would be, I think, intimate because I've never embodied my words as much as I did with this book, and hearing it back in my own head as I'm in the recording booth was just quite a whole other experience. If there's a phrase that I thought I could pronounce but didn't, oh my gosh, it would have to be of the, which I got corrected on probably 2,000 times thanks to the patience of my director. What I'm most excited about doing this narration myself is that I get to convey characters and what they're thinking when I thought it was actually quite funny when I was writing it. And I hope that in some ways I was able to convey that, really kind of the drama that they were feeling, sort of the sheepishness, those moments where you weren't sure if you were doing the right thing. I hope that came through. So if I didn't get to record my own audiobook, who else would I have do it? I would have to say it would be my sister, Ming. We're four years apart, but we have almost the exact same voice. And... In some ways, I would love to just put her inside this booth and have her experience what I lived through because it's often very difficult and hard to get your family to understand what you spend years doing. The last audiobook that I listened to and loved is Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. And I really liked it because of something actually quite difficult to do, which I didn't get to do in this one. He added sound effects as though it were a podcast. I live in New Haven, Connecticut, and there's an East Rock Park very close to where I live, and I go up there almost every morning, and that's when I listen to audiobooks, when I can see the leaves, the trees, the stream, and hearing someone's voice telling me a story. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. It was the first spring of the 20th century. The red pines were in bloom, and the snow was still capping Mount Tai when a Buddhist monk, reached the northeastern shores of the Chinese Empire, undetected at dusk. Arriving at the port of Yantai, he stepped off the boat in the early evening shadows, hearing the sounds of flutes and men singing above the din of the docks. Lights from British battleships patrolling their newly occupied territory swept the headlands at regular intervals. He proceeded with haste along the coastline. Concealed inside his dusty robe was a document that would change the Chinese-speaking world forever.
1: Hi, this is Daniel Pink, author of The Power of Regret, How Looking Backward Moves Us Forward. I wrote this book because I'm at a stage in life where I realized that I had plenty of regrets myself. And what was weird is that when I began mentioning them to other people, they leaned in. People wanted to discuss this topic, and I found a way into the research that I thought was absolutely fascinating and that provided some illumination that I think is going to be useful to a lot of people. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be hunger inducing, and I'm using a hyphen hunger inducing. I can't believe how hungry I got throughout this process. I felt like I was running a marathon, like there should be water stops and power bar stops every mile. I feel like I'm burning a huge amount of calories. Like I feel like the night before I should carbo load or something. So hunger inducing is the word. I realize I had trouble pronouncing anything in French. And that's even sadder when you realize that I studied French for six years. I'm proud that on this audiobook, we were able to include the voices of other people because so much of this book and this material is about hearing other people's regrets. And so simply hearing my voice throughout, I thought wasn't going to do justice to the material. And having these eight other performers really enriched and enlivened the book considerably. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast... A trained professional, someone like Eduardo Ballerini or Julia Whalen. I'm a big fan of Autumn, which records long-form magazine articles. I listen to that all the time. And those two narrators are so good, I will literally listen to any article that they're reading. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was... Actually, The Bomber Mafia by Malcolm Gladwell, I thought it was extraordinarily well done and actually pushed the audiobook form in a somewhat new direction. My favorite audiobook of all time, though, is Trevor Noah's Autobiography. That is just a delight, an absolute delight to listen to. I could listen to that once a year easily. I love listening to audiobooks while I walk. I live in a fairly urban area, and I walk a lot, and being accompanied by a great book and a great narrator is just a delight. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Embedded in songs, emblazoned on skin, and embraced by sages, the anti-regret philosophy is so self-evidently true that it's more often asserted than argued. Why invite pain when we can avoid it? Why summon rain clouds when we can bathe in the sunny rays of positivity? Why rue what we did yesterday when we can dream of the limitless possibilities of tomorrow? This worldview makes intuitive sense. It seems right. It feels convincing. But it has one not insignificant flaw. It is dead wrong.
2: Hi, this is Paco de Leon, author of Finance for the People Getting a Grip on Your Finances. I wrote my book because I happened to study finance and economics, and I happened to get jobs where I learned all about how the financial system worked. I was a debt collector for a giant bank, I worked as a small business consulting where I learned how to do bookkeeping, and eventually I ended up working for a boutique financial planning firm. My boss at the time took me under his wing and lifted a curtain and said, hey kid, this is how the world of money works. And at first it was thrilling and exciting and I got an awesome on-the-job education, But after a while, I started to feel like I was privy to conversations that not everybody got to hear. I'm a musician. I'm a creative person myself. So in the daytime, I would go and I would help some dude save $50,000 on a tax bill. And then at night, I would hang out with my friends. And my friends would ask me questions like, hey, dude. What's a bond? And eventually over time I realized that I had access to all this information and I needed to set it free. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be weird. It's super weird. Like it's weird to be in this booth It's weird to read your words out loud within a short period of time, three days. It's weird to be so vulnerable in a book. And when you're writing a book, you think... I could be vulnerable on the page. It's all good. But then you're sitting in this booth, and the engineer is hearing you be vulnerable, and the producer is hearing you be vulnerable, and it's just weird. Weird is the best way I could describe it. But I love weird, so I'm so grateful for this opportunity, and I had a great time working with the team that they set me up with. I realized I had trouble pronouncing the word REQUIRED. re That hard R in the beginning. It feels like every time I try to say it that I have all these marbles in my mouth. That was a hard word. Also, like in moments of panic, like fiduciary, that escaped my brain. Words that I feel like I should just know because, well, I'm the expert. I'm proud that I was able to do this, frankly. It's such an amazing experience to write a book, to take the time to really think about the person on the other end, And so being able to get into the booth and literally talk to the listener to be in their ear and to help them on this journey, I just feel like it's such a privilege and such a wonderful honor. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Melissa McCarthy because I think she's hilarious and I think her voice would just be so adorable to listen to especially somebody who's talking like, you know, she would have to read the parts about insurance and investing and I just think it would be awesome. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was MetaHuman by Deepak Chopra. Just something about the way he speaks. I mean, first of all, the content is amazing, so well researched, and just the way that he speaks was so calming. It's awesome to hear the author read their own words directly to you. It's very special. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is literally anywhere. Sometimes I'll cook and listen to an audiobook, or I'll go for a walk and I'll listen to an audiobook, or when I'm stuck in Los Angeles traffic, I'll listen to an audiobook. There's really not a place that I don't love listening to audiobooks. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. My very first job in financial services was as a debt collector for a bank in the summer of 2006. I'd sit in a call center located in sunny Brea, California, speaking to customers who were late making their car payments. I didn't have an uncle who could get me an internship at Goldman Sachs, So this was my attempt at getting experience in the quote-unquote finance industry. At first, I felt rude and awkward. Not only was I a 20-year-old who had never been responsible for a car payment or for much of anything, I was also this disembodied voice on the phone asking people very personal questions. This put a spotlight on my own feelings about money.